hour number three of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each Sunday we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week, sometimes the events of our bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. It's three hours of rationality in a world of ever-increasing insanity. Later in this hour, we've got to get to last night's, speaking of insanity, last night's GOP debate in Greenville, South Carolina, which is one of the 22 markets in which the John and Leah show is broadcast each and every Sunday night. You can check out all 22 of those stations at our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. So we will get to the GOP debate because I'm still trying to figure out how it's all going to shake out once the dust settles from uh, that very strange event. Uh, So there's a lot to talk about there. But first, we've got to finish up uh, the reaction to my column that I wrote about the winners and losers in the media in light of Donald Trump's New Hampshire victory. You can check out that column at either johnziggler.com or uh, at uh, freespeechbroadcasting.com, and I urge you to do so. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of venom in it and a lot of truth, probably more truth <laughs> than even venom. Um, I really didn't see that much venom in it. Really? I, yeah, it seemed to me to be true. Okay, well, th- I appreciate that, Leah. And that might be the nicest thing you say about me in this segment because – One of those who reacted uh, quite strongly and dramatically uh, to the column is a guy who you have a lot of um, reverence for. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but you you like Glenn Beck quite a bit. Uh, I love Glenn Beck. I've worked for him. I believe in what he's doing. So, yeah. And that's fine. And and for the record, uh, Glenn Beck is an outstanding broadcaster. He, He is very good. He's a great entertainer. Uh, he has a lot of uh, cogent thoughts, uh, some not as cogent, <laughs> but um, uh, he, uh, I, I have been on his uh, television show back on Fox. I was on his television show for The Blaze. I've been on his radio show several times. Uh, I know a lot of his top people because they used to be Breitbart people uh, at The Blaze. Um, the, the former CEO of The Blaze is a, a radio executive who was instrumental in, in the John and Leah show being on the air. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, so I, I'm very familiar with Glenn. And whether he wants to admit it or not, I'm pretty damn sure he's pretty darn familiar with me, which is what gets me to his reaction to the column. Now, I didn't tell you this, and I wish I had. I almost did, and there's no way for me to prove it, but I, hopefully you'll just believe me. When I made that column of winners and losers, the original list had Glenn and the loser. Yes. Of course. I, I I seriously would have thought that. I'm surprised he was in the winner column. I switched him partially because there was some rationale to it, because I do think his view on Trump is going to be vindicated by history. So I, mm-hmm. I so I do believe that. So that but there was, won't be anybody listening. Right. That was part of why I switched Glenn back from from losers to winners. The secondary reason why I did it is I was curious if he might talk about it because oh. he was the only guy that might because I figured it was going to be right in his wheelhouse. And if I put him on the winners list, there's a hell of a lot better chance he's going to talk about it than if he's on the, the losers list because that's the number. Absolutely. That's Although the, you did mention uh, that it was weird that he was in the winner's list, you know, in the little blurb that you put about him. Right. Well, okay, so now you believe me that I switched him, right? Cause yeah, oh, 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 yeah. No, I listen, I'm surprised he's on the winner's list 
So, yes, in my mind, for sure, you would put him in the loser column. All right. But, I, there was, again, for the record, there were sincere reasons as well as manipulative reasons why he went from the losers list to the winners list and my instincts which are usually pretty damn good because i know these people i mean rush limbaugh always says i know the media like the back of my hand i know the media even better than that all right and i know these guys a lot of them personally and i read these people pretty darn well the first thing you have to do is to appeal to their ego all right that's the number one thing and that, that doesn't matter left right center who it is they've all got massive egos so uh putting glenn beck on the winner's list i thought he might talk about it i'm curious what he might say and you were the person who informed me that he did talk about it quite oh a- my gosh i was so excited so all right <laughs> right because it was like my two worlds colliding <laughs> But what Glenn said was fascinating, and I think it was fascinating probably for reasons different than you might have thought it was fascinating. Um, you know, he agrees, I think, with the basic premise of the column that yeah. that basically here's what happened is that the left and right media have this. And these are my words, but I think this is accurate depiction of what Glenn Beck thinks. That the left and right media have a bizarre alliance on Donald Trump setting us up for us to lose the general election. Is that a fair assessment of what Glenn Beck thinks? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think he does believe that the worst is yet to come and they're holding it back. Right, well, I mean, when once Trump is the nominee, should he be the nominee, and I think he's now the favorite to be the nominee, he's going to be treated totally differently. <laughs> Than, than right. he's being treated now in every possible way, and he's already getting a lot of criticism. But he'll get even more, especially if, you know, if Hillary's the the opponent, which I think she will be. So anyway, um, so so Beck decides to read a lot of the column on his radio show, but the way he set it up, I thought was um, very interesting and a window into why I don't trust Glenn Beck. Um, oh really? Yeah, and um, I hate to do, I don't mean to do this, but uh, if I we're gonna go way too long in this segment if I don't cut it off here. So um, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll play the Glenton Beck soundbite because I think this really shows you how the news media truly works, and even some of those people that you really trust on the right aren't worthy of that trust. When we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. Before we get to the uh, bizarre South Carolina GOP debate from last night, which we have extensive coverage of coming up, I do want to um, get a little bit more into the reaction to that column that I wrote uh, in light of Donald Trump's New Hampshire victory, who the winners and losers in the news media were. And it's not because... The column is about me. It's because the reaction, I think, tells you an awful lot about the true nature of the news media, even the so-called conservative news media. And so Drudge linked to it, which shocked me. And then Glenn Beck discussed it extensively on Facebook and on his radio show, which did not shock me, which is part of why I put Glenn Beck on the winner's list after originally having him on the loser's list. Now, here's where 
to me, the significant part comes in, Leah. And I realize you really like Glenn, and so this is a this is a dangerous area for us. Because while I respect Glenn as a broadcaster, I think he's a fraud. And, and I think that this episode uh, indicates I'm right about him being a fraud, and here's why. Now, um, based upon his Facebook posting... Uh, he did not ever mention my name in conjunction with this, at least on that on the Facebook page. Do you know if he did on the radio show or not? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think he did, which, uh, w- which I don't care at all about with regard to, well, why didn't he mention my name? Although that would be pretty standard operating procedure. Instead, there's a, there's a, the reason why it's important is not because he dissed me, which I would expect, because I get dissed all the time by everybody in this media. The reason but people why, do need to distance themselves. <laughs> I understand that. You uh, might I, lose credibility. <laughs> well, gee, thanks, Leah. I really appreciate that coming, coming from you. That really helps me out a lot. Even even Leah thinks she might lose credibility by mentioning John Zickler's name. Um, I, thanks so much. Um, all right, but, but, here, but here's why it's important, all right? It's not that he didn't, you know, mention my name, which would be standard operating procedure. It's how he tried to portray who I am or who I was writing for so that it would fit his agenda. Now, he knows damn right well who I am. I've been on his shows numerous times, and lots of people within the blaze know who I am, for better or for worse, mostly worst. And instead of mentioning my name and saying, oh, here's a conservative who really knows a lot of the players within the conservative media play the clip for how Glenn Beck actually portrayed who I was and what I was writing for. I want to share this because this is really important. Mediaite is a website that covers stories of media interest. This is a, this is a website that everybody in the media in New York checks all the time, every day, multiple times a day to see what they're doing. It's a very, it's, it's like Variety magazine for holiday, Hollywood, okay? So this is what the press reads every day. And I read it to get their perspective on things. So here's what they wrote um, last night. Donald Trump's New Hampshire win means these media members are winners and losers. Okay. All right, and then he goes on to read most of the column. Um, he read the whole thing. The basically. whole thing? Yeah, he read. He read. Uh, he read all the winners. Right. Okay. And you know, starting with Sarah Palin and but Trump, none of but none know. of the losers, huh? Isn't that I interesting? I don't. I don't think. He, but you know what? The losers. It wasn't included on what he had. So see. Okay, go ahead. So you're suggesting that maybe someone only printed out. No, no, that's not possible because he just read the beginning of the column, which was on page one. All right. So you're not you're trying to get this on out of it, get him out of this on a technical. No, I, I'm not. not Listen, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to get him out of anything. I just think you are looking at it from a nefarious way when I feel like he walked in and someone goes, oh, my gosh, Glenn, look at this. You need to talk about but, this. But, but hold on a second, Leah. Here's my argument, and you can, and I'm happy to give you plenty of time to respond. Here's why I think this is significant. Again, he doesn't use my name. He says they, right? Yeah. All right, they, they, media. As if he gives the impression, Leah, 
that I'm somebody in a big office building in New York City who's part of the New York media elite who's writing this. When in actuality, I'm living in the suburbs of Los Angeles writing this in my underwear in my bedroom, okay? So the, the reality is... And he knows, he knows who I am and that I'm a conservative. So that's incredibly important to understand the context of this column. Instead, he purposely misleads his audience to create a false impression because it forwards a narrative that he wants people to believe and that it, and that they're te- they're backing up through this bizarre underground signal through this column using him on the winners list to back up his theory that's what he did that's fraudulent leah that is a fraud he knowingly perpetrated a fraud on his audience <laughs> Why are you laughing? Yeah. Other than the fact I, that it's I don't funny. care. It just doesn't matter to me. Oh, I mean, it, it just doesn't matter. It, it's a, I mean, look, how who do you cares? Oh. What difference at this point because, does it make? It makes because a lot of difference. Because look, no one, no one out there in his audience, you know, is your name is not going to be significant. You're, 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 Leah, I'm not, I, I already prefaced this by saying this is not about my name. It's about him lying well, to but create a narrative. That's what well, he did. He lied to his audience. He knowingly lied. He knows who I am. <laughs> I mean, it's absurd. It's, it's absurdity for him not to, I mean, trust me. You know, as, well, as Donald what Trump does Mediate say, do? I, I don't know what Mediate does. Again. What do they do? They I, do? I mean, they do media criticism or media analysis. And he's right about the nature of the website, but that is a falsity that is creating a false impression on purpose. It's, it's, it's no wonder he like. I don't that, understand. I don't understand what you're saying is fraudulent because he didn't mention your name. God, that Leah, you were a conservative. Leah, 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 once you buy into somebody, man, and you are really you are bad at this. No, you I'm buy telling in, you, I don't. You buy I don't into understand a lot of frauds, and what, once you buy in, is, you never let go. You okay, have bought so into a fraud that is Glenn the, Beck. <laughs> the fraud is the fraud is he portrayed the writing of this column as if it was yes. coming from the media elite in New York and the left when in fact no was, no he didn't yes, he, he said did. it's from Mediate no, I, we just played the clip of how he describes what Mediate is which is but isn't new, that what Mediate is no it's he play the clip again play the clip okay okay all right I want to share this because this is really important Mediate is a website that covers stories of media interest this is a this okay. is a website that everybody in the media in New York checks all the time, every day, multiple times a day to see what they're doing. It's a very, it's it's like Variety magazine for Hollywood, okay? So So this is what the press reads. What? That's what the press reads. This is, it's like the inside story of what's happening within the New York City liberal elite media. That was a lie. It's, It's John Sickler. He's not part of the New York. I'm the least, the least, I live in California, I'm a conservative, and I'm the most out of the establishment person that could possibly be, and he knows that. Isn't so, Mediate a completely left website? You're, uh, you're, you're purposely missing the point. He tried to portray my column as representative of what this elite liberal organization was doing. It's not. I'm the token conservative. Okay. Uh, oh, my God. All right. Okay. Uh, we'll get to the GOP debate from last night when we come back on the John and Leah Show, our website, freespeechbroadcasting.com. Ah. Oh. 
Welcome back. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Leah, what do you think? Is Ted Cruz listening to this music right now, getting psyched up for the uh, Antonin Scalia nomination replacement battle? I think he might be. Apparently, he's a big Les Mis fan. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, is he really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, big Les Mis fan, Ted Cruz. Um, All right, I digress. Uh, We got a, um, a big primary coming up on Saturday on the GOP side. In South Carolina, obviously, we will be all over that next Sunday on the John and Leah show. Last night, there was a debate that was the most bizarre of any of them so far. Um, I I hesitate to even make a prediction, although I will, uh, on the South Carolina. Donald Trump, 60 (laughs) percent. That's my prediction. I mean, at this point. You know, up is down, down is up. Uh, yes. You know, there, there's, gravity is working in an inverse proportion to what it normally does. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't know what the rules are anymore. I would, uh, before I make my final prediction on South Carolina, I'd like some of the dust to settle. But before we get into any of that, let's review what actually occurred. And to that, uh, I send it to you, Leah Brandon. Tell us what happened last night. Okay, so the debate in South Carolina, Greenville, started out nicely with the candidates giving a moment of silence to remember Justice Antonin Scalia. But after that, it was like, according to Charles Krauthammer, a thermonuclear war with Donald Trump on the controls. Now, last night, some could argue, was when the mask started to slip off of Donald Trump. He repeated every liberal talking point regarding George Bush and the WMDs. Obviously, it was a mistake. So George Bush made a mistake. We can make mistakes. But that one was a beauty. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized the Middle East. You call it whatever you want. I want to tell you, they lied. They said there were weapons of mass destruction. There were none. And they knew there were none. There were no weapons of mass destruction. Okay. All right. Governor Bush. I'm sick and tired of Barack Obama blaming my brother. But I am, sick and, tired, I am sick and tired of him going after my family. My dad is the greatest man alive in my mind. While, while Donald Trump was building a reality TV show, my brother was building a security apparatus to keep us safe. And I'm proud of what he did. And he's had the gall to go the after World my Trade mother. Center came he's down had during the gall to go after my mother. That. Hold on. Let me finish this. Now, Donald Trump proceeded to argue with just about, I think, every person on that stage. Also, another old fight came up. It's that same old immigration argument between Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. I don't know how he knows what I said on Univision because he doesn't speak Spanish. And second of all, <laughs> the other point that I would make... Marco, si quieres, díselo ahora mismo, díselo ahora. En español, si quieres. This is, look, this is a disturbing pattern now. Because for a number of weeks now, Ted Cruz has just been telling lies. He lied about Ben Carson in Iowa. He lies about Planned Parenthood. He lies about marriage. He's lying about all sorts of things. And now he makes things up. Okay, so Zig, last week I said that I believe that Ted Cruz was going to have a very tough time winning and that Marco Rubio knew about the important importance of a city called Dabiq in Syria and what it means to ISIS. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, I had switched my vote 
to Marco Rubio because I wasn't worried about immigration. Mm -hmm. Well, last night, I fired off a very angry email over that exchange to Marco Rubio, and I told him he better cut it out or I'm gone. Well, you should have told me you were going to do that. I could have gotten it to a spokesperson with whom I communicate. Uh, well, fa- I'll forward regularly. it right to you. I'll be happy to. I'll be happy to send it along. Although we probably won't get a, a substantive response because I've not been uh, real thrilled with the Rubio campaign. Um, well, look, you and I are going to differ on on that because I do think that Ted Cruz maybe liar is not the right word. I think. I think it's actually worse than liar. I think Ted Cruz is is slippery as hell and gives himself backside protection on every single thing he does and says uh, so that uh, if someone tries to accuse him of being on one side, he can always say he was on the other. Uh, I think he does everything for himself. Now, whether you call that a lie or not, I don't know. Uh, so maybe, Rubio, I can understand why you get upset with the lie word. But, yes. Um, no, it's everything. Okay? I am sick to death of it. Okay, it's Donald Trump piling on. It's Rubio piling on. And I don't care who the candidate is up there. I'm not saying about Ted Cruz, which he's not lying, but uh, I'm not (laughs) saying it's because it's Ted Cruz. I'm saying that they're killing the party. Well, that's true, too. They're killing it. Now, that's that's your larger point is very well taken. And um, I'm very close, very close to the point of what? difference at this point does it make because Correct. because my whole thing and i've said constantly since walker was forced to drop out because he wasn't prepared for the trump hurricane that occurred because nobody was uh and walker he's w- kicking himself now though oh wouldn't it be great to have a scott walker <laughs> I mean, he I, is kicking himself uh, now okay but but here's the deal i've said since then that rubio was the guy because he could win um but i've always 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 said i only want an undamaged marco rubio because a damaged Marco Rubio is worthless to me because he becomes then Ted Cruz, you know, yes. a, a senator who can't win against Hillary. So um, and, and we still need to see how this all plays out. We have the death of Scalia. We've got last night's debate, which was very bizarre. We've got the South Carolina primary coming up. So I'm, I'm going to hold off until some of that dust settles before I make any final decisions. But I, I implied this last week. I don't know if you caught this. When you said you were getting on the Rubio bandwagon, I said it's ironic because I'm about to get off. And I don't know if you remember that or not. And the reason why I, I didn't get into the details, but the reason why I said that was because we were reaching the point where Rubio was then damaged. And damaged Rubio is no good to me. Uh, and so, um, if, if it's, yeah, but you know, I mean, look, Barack Obama, his first debate was horrific, but it, it, the rules dismal. Are, well, the, well, that you mean when he was running for re-election? <laughs> that's a totally different deal. Yes, that, that's it. Uh, Leah, that's, against Romney. That's no, but what I'm oranges. saying is. What I'm saying is he came back in no, but the that's debates. How, no, the rules are different for a, a, a Republican who's not ever been president. Obama had been president for four years. So the media was more than willing to give him another shot in the benefit of the doubt. So, Well, uh, I mean, they've been bit pretty nice to him. Uh, the, uh, the media actually thought he did pretty well last night. Well, so did, I'm, I'm not worried about uh, it. Well, he did. Well, all right. Anyway, that's why I'm not off completely the Rubio right. thing. But I'm saying I'm close I'm close to saying, you know what, F it, let's go Trump, and meaning it for real. I did well, that. that's what you said I, uh, before, no, that it I, might be more fun. <laughs> no, that's, I said that before, but I did it for selfish reasons. I wanted yes. Trump because I wanted to be able to say F you to all the people who told me he was going to win 
when I know they were wrong, and let's let's have fun for the next year. If we're going to go down in, a, in you know in fire, let's go down in a blaze of glory. Uh, let's let's screw the whole thing. Let's lose, and and at least I'll get that one night of being able to say f you to all the people who told me Trump was going to win when I knew he wouldn't. Um, I'm now saying that Trump might, as bizarre as it is, unless Sanders is the Democratic nominee, Trump might be our best shot, which is oh. almost no shot. Oh. Um, so anyway, back to the debate. Okay, back to the figure, trying to figure out this debate because this debate was really strange. Um, and and again, I, I'm always trying to figure out: is this Trump genius and magic, or is he just insane? Um, or as you implied earlier in the program, is he trying to lose at this point? Um, I don't think he's trying to lose. I think he's too competitive, and he was way too passionate last night for this to be a dive job. Uh, although I understand why you said that. I mean, there's some sense to that because I don't know that Trump is going to really be happy when this is all said and done. I don't think he's going to necessarily, well, his, his ego is going to love having a Trump convention and being the nominee and going down in history. He's going to get, work. he's going to get crushed, yeah. um, by Hillary potentially. And that's not going to be good. But anyway, so, so here's, here's the deal. Now, what I think happened here. And this is the this is, would be in the Trump as a genius category. I think Trump realized he was about to get hit with a bunch of negative ads about things he had said in the past about 9-11, about weapons of mass destruction, about Planned Parenthood, and about imminent domain. And he decided that he would be preemptive and embrace it, turn into the curve, if you will, and 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 turn the negative into a potential positive. Because what he has realized, and this was the, the origins of his, I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and my voters don't care comment, what he has realized is that basically what happens in each of these debates is his one-third of the Republican electorate tunes in and says, does Trump still have his balls? Yep, they're still there. Are they still big and hairy? Yep, they're still big and hairy. Okay, I'm on board. Doesn't matter what the hell he says. I mean, he, he could say that Nancy Reagan is a whore and that uh, Rush Limbaugh is a big fat idiot. It doesn't matter as long as he's got those big hairy balls. I'm still on board. And it's so astonishing. It, well, that's we're gonna find out because when you embrace 9/11 conspiracy theories oh, and yeah. Planned Parenthood and eminent domain, um, you, you and basically- WMDs and Bush lied. Oh my! I mean, look, that is the death knell to conservatives. Well, not all, but not see. But, but here's too much to to real conservatives. But, but here's the thing: strategically, strategically, this is the brilliance, because I think Trump realizes all he needs is 35, 40 percent, because he believes this is never gonna get to be a two-man race. Because he understands Cruz has got his segment of the population, and Cruz is such an egomaniac, he ain't getting out. And and he also understands— Well, those people can't go to Trump. They can't. Okay. They cannot do it. But listen it's impossible. To listen to me. So this is the Trump strategy, and it's actually brilliant. What Trump is realizing is as long as there are three or four, definitely four, but at least three people in the race, Trump can't lose now. As That's long right. because he's because he only needs thirty five to forty percent. So as long as he gets that thirty five to forty percent that's willing to come out come hell or high water for him, and I think that there's enough you know, certainly there's yeah, enough too. within the Republican Party that, that agrees with him on that kind of stuff, that he is the winner. Now the downside is he can no longer win a two man race. 
And something he did last night could theoretically turn this into a two-man race. I'll talk about that when we come back. It might be, who knows? It could be his Achilles heel on the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. Final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Sigler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Uh, I want to get to a bunch of things here in this uh, final segment. So, so Leah, let me quickly review as to why the perfect storm, which has been, <laughs> it's amazing. You know, we say all the time about Trump. With me, it's just works. Magic. magic. Right. It's incredible <laughs> how the perfect storm keeps working in his favor. Although I, I'm not sure how Scalia's death is going to work into that. It, that could, we'll get to that in a second. But here's the perfect storm that Trump is currently counting on and clearly, I believe, was driving his strategy during last night's debate in Greenville, South Carolina. He knows that if it's a three- or four-man race, he wins. The reason why that's the case is because he now believes that with Christie out and with Carson on the way out and Fiorina out, he can easily get 35 up to 40% almost anywhere as long as he maintains his balls. 35 40% wins a three or four man race every single time. It especially wins it when the only guy who currently can make the electability argument cogently, Marco Rubio, is in a battle for his life with Jeb Bush. And uh. hold on a second, this is important. And, and as long as Jeb is in, Marco can't get fully erect. Right. And, and and you can't beat the alpha male, Donald Trump, without being fully erect. So Jeb is preventing Marco from getting a full erection, if you will. And Jeb has no reason to get out. This is the perfect storm. Jeb has no reason to get out because he's got money. He's got name recognition. He get media coverage. His brother's coming out for him on, on President's Day tomorrow. And so Jeb and his ego's involved now. So he doesn't want to admit defeat. So he'd rather, his goal at this point, bizarrely, is just beat Rubio, even though that's going to help Trump. Because because uh, Trump would love, I mean, Trump would love to be oh, in, yeah. in a three-man. and Bush. Oh, are you kidding? If it was if it was Bush, Cruz, and and Trump, forget about it. Um, yep. And and the other part of the perfect storm here is Cruz, whether you like him or hate him, part people like him and hate him for this reason. The establishment has no leverage over him to get him to drop out. See, <laughs> see that's the perfect storm. You couldn't pick someone worse. If you're in Trump's position, you couldn't pick up someone better to be your rival in South Carolina. Because let's say, let's say Trump wins South Carolina. And let's say Cruz and Ruby are close for second and, and Jeb's in a, a close fourth, right? In the old days, a party leader might go, Ted, look. Um, next you know, time. Next time, could you? You, you got to do this for the party. You got to do this for the country. We think Marco will be rewarded. Right, right, right. And and that person who was a freshman senator would go, sure, sure. You know, yes. y- y- no problem. Ted Cruz ain't gonna do that <laughs> in a million years. So so Trump is counting, rightfully so, on a three or four person race where he cannot lose. Well, here's the part that I didn't get. And again, maybe it's the magic, maybe it's genius, maybe it's insanity, maybe it's ego, maybe it's a little bit of all, all of that. <laughs> but why go after 
Jeb last night and not even touch Rubio. That made no sense to me. Unless, this is the potential genius part, unless he realizes that within the portion of the non-Trump party, him attacking Jeb actually helps Helps him you see what i'm saying because he needs jeb to hang in there he because the longer jeb hangs in there rubio can't get fully erect and that that means that rubio can't challenge him because rubio's the only guy that can beat him so it was it genius or was it ego and insanity or maybe it was both to go after jeb like he did and not touch rubio he may have actually helped Jeb, and by doing so, he's actually helped himself because this is this is no longer about issues. This is no longer about politics. This is game theory. This whole thing is game it's theory. It's like Survivor. Yes, yes, it is like Survivor. Um, it's not so issues have very little to do with this. So here's where we are. Here's the bottom line. If this was South Carolina of ten years ago, Trump would be done. All right. Ten years ago, South Carolina would have looked at what happened last night and been like, buddy. Oh, wow. Try try again. (laughs) Um, I don't know what South Carolina is going to do. I really don't. Uh, I mean, my sense is Trump's still going to win and he might win handily. And if he wins handily, this thing's basically over. Now, Ted Cruz on paper is well positioned to make a run because of Scalia's death putting, you know, the issues much more towards his favor and because of the fact that a lot of some Trump people in South Carolina might be looking for a place to go after last night's debate. I also think Jeb is going to probably benefit. I think Jeb benefits from being attacked by Trump. I think Jeb benefits from George W. getting out on the campaign trail. So I can see Jeb making a run. Now, he's not going to win and he's probably not going to finish second. But my sense is that it's going to be a really tight race for second there between Cruz, Rubio, and Jeb, um, which is exactly what Trump wants. That's exact. I mean, Trump. I said that the New Hampshire results. I don't. I didn't say it tonight. I said it elsewhere. The New Hampshire results were exactly what Trump wanted. You, if you had handed him a piece of paper on on Tuesday afternoon and said, "What do you want the percentages to be?" I, I, I don't know. Give me a su- 35. I'm not sure he would have changed anything. I'm not sure for anybody, for any of the candidates. And the scenario I just laid out where he wins and Cruz, Rubio, and Jeb are all pretty close for second, third, and fourth, that's what Trump wants because he needs at least a three man race, if not a four man, but he cannot win a two man. And so. If, and I think Kasich is still up in there, too. Well, Kasich will not do that well in South Carolina. He will not do that well in Nevada. And and he will do exactly what John Huntsman did in 2012. He will fade away. Now, the difference well, real is— Real clear politics has him tied with Bush in South Carolina. Well, that's because Bush has a bad poll for Bush. But I think—look— I, I don't. I do not believe that if look if Bush loses to Kasich in South Carolina, get he the won't hell give out. Up. He won't. He won't. He mm-hmm. said the other day he's in it. He's got right. money. Okay. He's no, no. not leaving. No, 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 no. There, there is 
There is absolutely no argument for Jeb Bush to stay in should he lose to Kasich next Saturday or this Saturday. There is absolutely no way, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I'm not going to give numbers tonight because there's just too much going on and too too chaotic after last night's debate, and I want to see a little bit more uh, polling data. Because, you know, Scalia's death and last night's debate could have changed everything. And, yeah. you know, South Carolina shocked people uh, in 2012 with Newt Gingrich. So it is possible that they might put the brakes on this. South Carolina could be a place where Trump could collapse. But who, But history has told us don't count on it. Because, well, he's at like 37 right now. Well, you know, as, if he's in the 30s, he wins. If he's in the 20s, he could be in trouble again. But um, anyway, uh, we'll find out next Sunday. As Leah, as always, great to talk to you. Have a happy. Thank you. Happy, Enjoyed it. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, happy Thank Valentine's you. Day to all the listeners. Uh, Monday morning, I believe, although it's a holiday, I believe we'll have our podcasts up tomorrow morning. Check them out at www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. Until next Sunday, have a great week. I'm John Ziegler. So long, everybody.